Hey there, Titan fans. Welcome back to the Attack on Titan After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Season 3, Episode 5, Reply. We are going to be discussing Irvin's quote-unquote trial, uh, how Pixis is kind of savage, uh, the nature of the press, Historia's family history, and, of course, plenty of predictions. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Okay, but your scary figure Kevin Undergaro. We don't know what's happening, but that's okay. We're having a good time. So, you were saying about my scary finger yes, waggles? Yes, your scary finger waggles when you announce the title is just one of my favorite things. Reply. <laughs> your favorite scary movie. See, I was thinking more, like, I had to say air quotes because our podcast listeners can't see me doing air quotes with my fingers. So it's important to say air quote unquote trial. Yeah. Air quote unquote everything about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love hearing Japanese voice actors say coup d'etat. Like, they're better at French than they are at English, and I love it. I, like, hearing Pixis say coup d'etat is, like, I think one of the highlights of this series to date. Just get sure. on a constant loop. Good <laughs> dog. Sure. Well, anyway. It's beautiful. Hey there, Attack on Titan fans. Welcome back to our after show here on After Buzz TV. We are talking about season three, episode five. Let's not waste any time. Let me introduce my fantastic panel. To my left, Veronica Valencia. Hey, guys. To her left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. And to my left, <laughs> to her roundabout left, yes. I'm Megan Salinas. Uh, sadly, Alexis Torres could not be here. She's on trial right now. But don't worry, we're going to go and rescue her as soon as this after show is done. That got dark. She'll be fine, probably. She had a master plan to escape. Uh, but in the meantime, as we're all here for this show, we are going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVTitan. Katie's got you guys covered on the live chat. And as always, before we get started, guys, our discussion for this episode, for this particular after show, is pertaining only to this episode of the anime. We are not going into what happens in the manga in future episodes. Please be cool. No spoilers in the chat or in the YouTube comments. Guys, please, please, please. I'll cry. Don't be that guy. Don't ruin the show for us. More than one of you have spoiled me in the live chat. Y'all need to stop. Yes. If you I guys, will punt you. I have administrative rights. If you guys do put spoilers, we are going to get a rhinestone murder cowboy to come after you and tell you what's what. So Gracious. <laughs> we're just dealing with extremes tonight. There's a lot going on. <laughs> just, I'm glad we're on this side of the table. We'll bedazzle a hat. We'll give it to Matthew Mercer and we'll go pretty, please. <laughs> and he's not the voice of Kenny. I know he's season. not the voice of Kenny, but when you do cowboy voice, I immediately default to, it's Matthew. high noon. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But guys, yeah. long story short, just please be cool. Don't be that guy. Don't ruin the show for other people. Because there are other people who are also manga blind, just like we are at this point. So please be very courteous. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And now for the second uh, bit of housekeeping, Veronica, I believe you have an announcement for us. I do. Hey, After Buzzers, our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. 
We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments and we'll thank you on air. For now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us speed the ESPN of TV talk. So yeah, subscribe to this channel. You also get Voltron. You get the weekly anime show, which I believe is well into season two of My Hero Academia. You get Rooster Teeth reviews every week. You get South Park. I think we've got a pretty good animation channel going here. We do. Uh, So yeah, guys, like, subscribe, ding, save a scout. Uh, And speaking of save a scout. And speaking of pretty good animation channels, we uh, we have a giveaway this week. We do. We uh, do. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to wait until we, we talk about iTunes stuff? Let's wait. Let's wait. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, guys. And I'm sure everyone's going to be like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, we are doing a giveaway, so uh, be sure to stick around. Don't skip the iTunes section this time around, guys, because you'll miss the details for that particular giveaway. All right. Let's go ahead and dig into this episode. Guys, what did we think? Because I don't know about you, but I feel like so much freaking happened, it's almost a little difficult to unpack. I'm just too afraid to be this happy right now in the show. I know, right? It's like, it's the show for the past two episodes has let me be happy, have some hope, and I just know something bad is coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't handle it. They draw you in, and that, no, for me, the, the indication that this episode was really heavy is the fact that the commercial break happened two-thirds of the way through the episode. Like, it threw me how late it, 15 minutes in a 22-minute episode, was Mm -hmm. when that nice little, here's a thing that we're teaching you interstitial happened. And it was just like, wait, what? Yeah, uh, this, for this, uh, this entire episode has me super antsy, not because so much of, like, what was actually going on in the context of the episode, but because they were so victorious. This was an unambiguous win for Irvin and the Scouts. And so I'm sitting here going like, when's the other shoe gonna drop? Like, what? And will the shoe be Titan sized? We can't have nice things in this show. Mm -mm, mm -mm. There's no way it can be this easy. So I'm sitting here going like, Okay, this is great. Uh, you know, every everybody's really happy, and this is a great celebratory moment. However, I'm sitting here going like, something bad's gonna uh, happen. <laughs> We're not allowed to be happy for too long. This nope. is a pyrrhic victory sort of show, and the fact that this was not one, it's like, oh, there's gonna be consequences. I, think, I don't know what they're gonna be. But I think there's gonna be consequences. Victory is basically you can summarize every positive thing in this series with pyrrhic victory for sure. Yep. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about the the quote unquote trial for a little bit because I don't know about you guys, but at the end of the last episode when they started this whole thing by saying out, "Hey, do you have any last words?" I was not particularly optimistic about Irvin's fate in this in this episode. A part of me wanted to be, but I was like, the show has trained you to not be. <laughs> but a part of me really wanted to be because I like. Just how like how much he's been shined in like this season, because you know he's the one putting himself out there. Uh, I mean, all the scouts are basically on the run, but he's being the face. He's the one getting all of you know the bad stuff thrown on him. 
Yes, they're they're basically counting on him. The fate of the entire regiment rests with him. If he can't pull this off, they're all goners. Well, like I said last week, I think we were all expecting him to die because we had that shock already last season. And then he managed to survive. It's like, oh, buddy, you got a Final Destination thing going on no. here. <laughs> a Titan took you and you survived. So um, death is coming. So I, I, I feel like I at least made my peace. Like, all right, he's he's marked. He's got death flags all over him. If it happens, then it's going to happen. I'm prepared. What just happened? What is this? Because it's like, yeah, it's your hearing. Like, you just asked him for his last words. Well, we're hearing his last words. We've already <laughs> built, like, a three-story scaffold yeah. for his execution. As, like, as the trial is going on, they're in the middle of building the, the biggest gallows. gallows, like, so that everyone in town can see. Don't even try and act like you're going to give this guy a fair trial, like. It was made up when he went in there. No, they just mm-hmm. want to sweep it under the rug. And what I found interesting was that, like, they knew they had zero evidence on him when it actually came to the Reeves murder. And so they're like, yeah, you're not even on trial for that, dude. You're on trial for putting your own interests before humanities, which is in violation of some, like, Clause like, six, like right? six of yeah. the humanity charter or which, something? I don't know about you guys. I feel like this charter is full of BS because <laughs> I'm like, wait, to what extent does that apply to only people in the military? Do, like, is that something you have to like swear to when you get signed into the military, or is this for all citizens? I think this is for all citizens because that's the only way you survive when you have very large, nigh unstoppable predators at all of your doors. You go the good of the many and make it a law. Yeah. Still real ambiguous, though, in terms of, like, you know, putting your own needs before that of humanity. Well, it's like, well, you gotta eat. You gotta you gotta have shelter for yourself. You gotta take care of your family. Like, where's the line here, guys? And the answer is that that line moves wherever they want it to. Mm-hmm. Wherever it benefits them the most. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and so they're like, you're in violation of this by keeping... Keeping Aaron Yeager to yourself, basically. Uh, where, okay, so yeah, let's talk about these uh, these nobles for a second. Because I don't know about you guys, but everything they said, I'm like, oh man, they're just, they're going to kill Irvin. Like, they are absolutely in it for themselves. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and and the entire time, the king is just he, staring oh. so stoically down at Everyone, it's that exact same expression that he's been giving the entire series. You, you made a comment when we were watching about him being a cardboard cutout, and I would not have been surprised, honestly. He, it just propped him up. He doesn't move. Doesn't move, doesn't care. Doesn't blink. <laughs> doesn't say anything. I mean, given what we saw later in the episode, I'm about 90% certain he just fell asleep with his eyes open. <laughs> For every episode he's been featured in, yeah. he's basically in that same position yeah 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 and that is a not paying attention don't care position <laughs> body language I mean, he's just there to look 
Yeah, like he's to in look charge. kingly. He yeah. He's not actually being giving any orders. Well, it's everyone else. It's interesting because what we find out in this episode is we we've known basically from the start of this season. Um, you know when they talked about Historia being the heir to the true royal family, we've known that this guy was a fraud. What we didn't know if it was was whether or not it was for personal gain or not. And what we find out is that this handful of nobles they basically put him up there as like a puppet. He's just there as a figurehead while they control everything and get all the benefits. Mm. Like, which is interesting because, like, again, you look at that stoic expression and you're, like, he could be just a figurehead or he could very well be the mastermind behind all of this. Uh, And what we find out is that, yeah, he's absolutely just a figurehead, not even paying attention. He's a senile old dude who is asleep with his eyes open. Pretty much. Um, So let's... Let's talk about Irvin's plan. (laughs) (laughs) He's definitely got a Xanatos gambit going on here. Uh, yeah. He, I worry about Irvin being a gambling man because all of his gambles have paid off so far. And even this one ends up paying off. But, like, I'm like... Your luck runs out eventually, my dude. Like, we thought it we... ran out with the Titan Scare. Like I said, if this was a different franchise, we would be watching appliances explode around him. I feel like it's just going to hit you in a very unexpected way. <laughs> oh, yeah. But a lot of this episode was unexpected because as as we were going, we see his plan unfold. And so his plan is to go, hey, guys, I've always done my job in accordance to how I've thought it you know if if any of the walls fall again it's going to be civil war and so it's very important that like taking wall rose back is the only way to keep humanity from imploding on itself and aaron yeager is the key to that so yeah (laughs) and their response is basically like yeah you say that but like that's not how things actually work and then they look to Pixis and they're like, hey, you're also on the front lines. What do you say about this? And he's like, yeah, I'm not siding with him. (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, I think would have had a lot more suspense to it if we hadn't already seen him say, oh, yeah, I'll go along with your coup. Mm. Yeah. But for me, that's, that's dramatic irony for the audience. We know stuff that most of the people in that room don't. And then we just have that one guy who keeps looking at Irvin and looking at Pixis and knows and can't say anything. And is just going, my family's out by the wall. Was this Nile? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm bad at names. It's fun. (laughs) There are a lot of characters to keep track of in this show. There really are. (laughs) And they all have such weird names. (laughs) Flagel. 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 Flagel is the pinnacle of weird name for this show. (laughs) It's really hard to get past that. That's like, Flagel! Oh, Gesundheit. But, but yeah, poor Nile. And that's, I think, is the emotional key in this entire sequence, is Nile is the one who's not completely in on whatever Irvin has planned, so his emotional journey is the important one. His emotional journey in this courtroom scene is what ends up mattering in the end. And so, sure enough, when uh, when they come in with this false report about 
Titans have attacked Walsina. Like, we gotta evacuate. And have <laughs> bad guys. <laughs> and having the nobles go, yeah, no, close the gates. Yeah, yeah no. no. <laughs> that thing that the guy we're about to murder just said, yeah, we don't want that. We don't want that civil war. Uh, and so Niall has to be the one to be like, hey, you're just gonna stand back and watch half of humanity get destroyed. And they're like, yeah, pretty much. I'm very happy that Niles spoke up in that moment, just because I was thinking while all this was happening, they're basically going to execute Urban and dismantle the scouts. They're going to be no more. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, obviously they wouldn't oppose the government, but if I was like in the garrison or in the military place, I would just be like, that makes me the one that has to go out and sacrifice my life to save everyone. And... That's not, especially like the military police, that's not what they signed up for. They worked hard to make sure that that was not their fate. <laughs> so, they, again, they're not going to oppose the government. But if I was sitting there, I would just be like, uh, let's try and save them because they're the ones that are, you know, really saving all of us by risking their lives to do this. I feel like the past month or so has just been a litany of not as planned for the military <laughs> police. <laughs> let's be real. But yeah, just watching Niall speak up and being from a military family, you uh, you don't go against your CO. You get orders, and if you f- decide not to carry them out, it's a court-martial. And if they're amoral and you carry them out, it's also probably a court-martial. Like, when push comes to shove like this, there's no way to win. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult being someone who answers to a commanding officer, having your commanding officer or the person at the top of the pole going, hey, do this thing. And you going, oh, well, it's it's even more frightening when it's not it's not just your career on the line. I imagine when you get a court martial, like jail time at worst, uh, depending on the offense. I'm, I'm not an expert in military law, uh, but in this world. The one that we that we're you know inhabiting right now for this show, I mean we're on a mock we're in the middle of a mock trial where Irvin is going to be sentenced to death, and no matter what, like it's it's a farce that they're even there to begin with, and so Niall knows that going against orders in this moment not only will mean him being probably stripped of his rank in his career, but it will probably lead to him having a mock trial of his own not long down the line. That's what I was going to say, is these people are ruthless. It's not like you just, you go on trial, you get sent to prison. Like, they will choose the worst way to deal with you, I feel like, as we have seen. They built a three-story gallows for this guy. I mean, we built the structure. Why not use it? I mean... (laughs) We invested the lumber. I mean, if we're going to be executing people for treason, we might as well just do them all up here. And, you know, it's a waste to only use it one time, so... I get it. It's to the strength of the character of the ensemble cast. We saw it with Marlo and Hitch in the last episode, and we're seeing it with Niall here. You know, these bit players that we saw in season one, like... I never thought that Reeves was going to come back in any capacity. I didn't think that Marlo and Hitch were going to come back in any capacity. Didn't think that Niall mattered at all. You know, we're making fun of Flagle, but dude was an MVP this episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, Like, they mentioned that this only worked because of the decisions of a lot of individuals, and that's absolutely true. That's how change happens, guys. Mm-hmm. That's how change happens. Stares at camera and winks. Uh, <laughs> make your voice heard. This is a, a midterm election year. Anyway, yep. um, 
Anyway, talking about this, though, um, before, before like, uh, Irvin's plan gets fully unraveled, I just want to take a moment to admire this man's smile. <laughs> Irvin is so serious and so stoic for, for most of the series that just that brief moment when they've sentenced him to death and he's standing up for immediate execution and you see that little grin before uh, the rest of his... All, all the dominoes start to fall. Just like, according to Keikaku. <laughs> can I just say that it made my heart sing ever oh, so yeah. slightly? <laughs> the, the sight of a real person with emotion... <laughs> Finally, a wow. little bit. I mean, he's so cold and calculating most yeah. of the time, but just to see that little little grin of like yeah. victory, the we, happiest of eyebrows. We know he has a really good heart, but seeing it on his face makes a difference. Yeah, because not only you know, obviously he had a very tragic backstory um, with his father and everything like that, but then you know he also rose through the ranks in the scout regiment, which has the highest mortality rate ever. <laughs> I feel like he's one of those people that just survives out of sheer spite. Most yeah. of your friends are going to die. That's great. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll That's show you. basically how he's been living. Yep. I'll show you, world. So just this brief moment of joy was just, it It made me very, very happy. Um, but yeah, okay, so the the rest of the plan. Uh, so what, they come in with this false report about Titans. Uh, Niall calls them out on their BS, and that's when the cavalry comes in, and it turns out Pixis is like, yeah, I said I wasn't going to side with him. Doesn't mean I'm siding with you guys. Oh, Sorry. Excuse you, all, you. I do what I want. You are all now in violation of, what was that, Clause 6? Of the <laughs> that, Humanity that, Charter, yeah, yeah. that thing that Irvin was on trial for. Sorry, guys, you're the selfish ones. Uh, and that's when one of the nobles kicks the king, tells him to wake up, and yeah, he's not even paying attention. <laughs> like this, and it was so surprising. I I was sort of expecting a cardboard cutout to just sort yeah, of fall, fall. <laughs> over in this moment. Where do you get cardboard in a world like this? Oh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe it would have been plywood. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I have to be honest too. At this moment, I was a little surprised that it happened because I didn't think that the plan was going to kick into effect at this exact moment. But when they kind of were like, "Oh yeah, the colossal titan and the armor titan are back," I was like. How, though? <laughs> yeah. What? This would be a bigger deal. So something's up. I have questions. <laughs> but that's not to say that this little council of idiots knows everything there is to know about them. Oh, they don't know They don't nothing. know that they retreated. Yeah. They don't know that they have no idea. Yeah. I, I'm with you, Veronica, though. I, I was sort of expecting him to get carted away and that if we were going to get... Uh, you know, a full-on plan to rescue him. It would have been like a Pirates of the Caribbean style oh, rescue. And he's like hanging on like the sword. Someone with ODM gear just sweeps in to save him <laughs> at the last possible moment. Like how? Okay, now I, I now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm like I would have paid good money to watch that action sequence. <laughs> well, but in terms of characters that only showed up in the first season that you weren't expecting to see again. That judge, though. Yeah! I was not expecting to ever see Darius ever again. (laughs) Uh, But sure enough, he arrived not only to stand uh, with Irvin and Pixis, but he did it to spite them. Oh, that scene with Irvin where he's just like, yeah, 
I, I would have done it at some point. <laughs> I was just like, I'm really glad you. you beat me to it, because I would have tried it at some point before I kicked the bucket. I was legit trying to figure out if that was just, because that was so different from everything we've seen from him. Admittedly, everything we've seen from him is not a lot. I was trying to figure out if that was him, like, putting on an act for Irvin and trying to get, like, the real reason he did it. How do you really feel about this? Or if that was just, like, are we alone? Oh. <sighs> Well, let me. <laughs> this is this is the interesting bit because arguably you could argue that what they are doing is what's best for humanity. On the other hand, you know when they're alone and when the announcement's made and the word is out and uh, Irvin and him step into this carriage together, there, it's just a one-on-one conversation of like, yeah, humanity is important and everything, but Irvin's like. I have a dream, and, like, I I wanted to live to see that dream come to fruition. And Darius is like, yeah, I did it despite these guys, because I've never liked them. <laughs> you know, humanity be damned. And so it's like, are there selfish intentions? Does that make what they've done more wrong than right? I think it makes them both more human. Because you look at these people, like, Irvin is the commander of the Scout Corps, and we have this judge. Like, you look at them as titles, and having this moment between the two of them where they, where Irvin is, yeah, I have a dream, and also a survival instinct. I super didn't want to die. (laughs) And Darius, yeah, I would have done this anyway. I'm so sick of dealing with those guys. Like, it makes, it it humanizes them quite a bit for the audience. Because we're so used to seeing them in those roles that, like, oh, yeah, no, these are people. These are people with all the same vices and fears and everything that the rest of us have. They're not these paragons of justice or whatever. They're people doing their best. Veronica? No, I think Katie said it best and that it definitely does humanize them. Although, I was very happy when he was just like, yeah, I did it in spite. Because the entire time leading up to it... Like I said, I didn't expect the plan to come in at this moment, so when they were kind of like, yeah, close off the walls, doesn't matter about everyone else, we don't need any civil war going on, I was just so frustrated, because I'm like, oh, like, we as an audience clearly see the wrong, but no one else is, and so the fact that they got taken down then, and then this guy was like, yeah, at some point, whether it happened now or later, I was going to do it, I was like, (laughs) yes! It's it's nice to think that our our group of heroes aren't the only people that are fed up with how corrupt the entire system is. So yeah, it's it's nice to see somebody else chiming in and being like, "Yeah, I'm not I'm not about that life." <laughs> well, I feel like the more you work with this system, the more you realize how hecked up it is. Yeah. So, you know, the normal citizenry are just like, "Well, this is how we live and we can try to do things, but it's not going to get much better." So I'd be interested to see how that news breaking shakes things up, because this is presumably a not terribly educated populace getting some education. Yeah. They even made that comment of, like, how are the townspeople going to take to, like, a new leader? Because I think we talked about this previously. These people have been used to the system for years, and the fact that, okay, here's a change, we're going to find a new leader... And they have no idea what's going on at all. It's like, how quick will they be to accept that, if at all? Yeah. And, the, well, they made it they made it clear to the press, like, we don't want to instate military rule. We're putting the right king back on the throne. Whether or not people choose to trust that is another matter entirely. But saying, hey, no, we're trying to put the right king on the throne. It's been a false king all along. As opposed to, yeah, we're in charge now. Will, yeah. I think, help with public opinion. Well... 
Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I found it interesting how, and we saw this last episode with the press as well, how the press were weary about printing the truth about this story, especially after last week, that they were so close to the internal military police that they were like, yeah, don't talk about this, don't talk about this. Yeah, we got your back. This rookie doesn't know how the way how we do things around here. I don't know why I've made this press guy a mobster. And now Flagel's like, print the truth. Print the truth. <laughs> Flagel, what an MVP. Again, yeah! MVP for this episode. Way to go, Flagel. Um, let's go ahead and take a quick moment to talk about iTunes. Folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you. It is the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, in the last couple of weeks, all of our previous uh, iTunes comments somehow got wiped off the server. So it really means a lot for you guys going back in and leaving comments, uh, especially, uh, and we love giving you guys a shout out too, especially this particular comment from Spencer Forager. Or Frogger, sorry. Uh, lovely lady screaming. Yay! I still remember the last season when that one user wrote a bad review for y'all about how y'all are just a group of crazy ladies yelling and they hated it. Well, they were mostly right, but I love it. I've been a long-time <laughs> listener. Please keep up the great work. This is the best audio companion to the show that is out there. Thank you so, so much, Spencer. Aww. We really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, guys, go to iTunes, leave a comment, and we will definitely give you a shout-out on the show. It means a lot to us, so thank you so much. And Katie has another announcement about that aforementioned giveaway. Well, for one, I'm glad you enjoy our screaming. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our friends at Verve have provided us with a giveaway for the show. We have three codes for one month of premium Verve acts, of, for a premium Verve subscription. So, to give you a little bit more about Verve, Verve is a leading audience-focused aggregation platform featuring premium SVOD channels including Crunchyroll, Funimation, Drama Fever, Rooster Teeth, and Shudder, alongside a curated house channel, Verve Select. Curated to provide fans with a next-gen entertainment experience, Verve offers immersive content experiences in a digitally-driven environment via bundled subscription, a la carte subscription, or ad-supported options. As a platform, Verve helps partners extend their reach and distribute their premium content through a high-quality branded experience on mobile, web, and popular living room devices. There we go. That's the word. (laughs) Basically, all the stuff that you love to watch in one place under one subscription, and we're giving away a month of premium subscription to three of our listeners. So, this is going to be a Twitter, not a contest, but a, a Twitter giveaway. Uh, we need you to use the hashtags Verve, so hashtag VRV, hashtag WatchVerve, uh, tag at WatchVerve, and the hashtag ABTV Titan Giveaway, specifically ABTV Titan Giveaway, because that's the one we'll be using to find these entries. And we want to know what the first show that you'd watch with a Verve Premium subscription would be. For me, they've got Freakazoid. Yep. That that at uh, 110% I would be right there. Uh anything on Shudder for me. Um because I you know you guys know me I love my horror movies. Mm-hmm. But also uh a lot of Verve acquired a lot of the things when CISO went under. So I would totally watch the Mabim Bam television series yes. as well. I love me my McElroys. Uh Veronica the McElroy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh ooh. Hmm. I know there's a lot to choose from. There's a, ah, 
I'm going to be, I'm just going to say probably like some of the newest summer stuff. So like Angels of Death, Free, Dive to the Future. Ooh, I need yeah. My, I need my boys, <laughs> my swim boys back in my life. Aren't we getting Overlord season three? We are getting Overlord season three. Ooh. Yeah. Summer, the summer and you know, My big. Hero Academia. Mm. We're in the middle of season three there. So, so yeah, yeah, if you would like a code for a month of Verve Premium subscription, again, go on Twitter, tag at WatchVerve, use hashtags Verve, WatchVerve, and ABTV Titan Giveaway, and tell us the first show you would watch with a Verve Premium subscription. We will be randomly picking three winners that use all of those hashtags and tag WatchVerve. you got to follow the rules. And we will be announcing them during next week's show. Yep. So, guys, uh, best of luck for the giveaway. Um, All right. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about this episode. Uh, We get a victory for the Scouts! Woo! Again! uh, Again, another thing that, like, just made my... How long will it last? (laughs) 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 Just in terms of, again, things in this episode that make my heart sing, Hanji showing up with the actual newspaper exonerating all of the scouts and just seeing the joy that, on everyone's oh. faces. I, I, I'm tied between Connie's backwards leap kick and Sasha wrapping her forearm around Mikasa's head oh. <laughs> with glee. Like, just that celebration freeze frame. It was beautiful. Oh, I need I that as my it. desktop wallpaper. I loved the first part of it, which is all of them gathering around Levi to look at the paper. All of them looking normal, except Sasha, who's got like a weird side face thing going on. And, and like, then... Like, the, she's she's sort of afraid to like look at it. I would be. <laughs> Must learn to read. <laughs> it's like it's like that nerve of like, what does it say? I want it to be something good, but what does it say? I can't read it because it's about us. Could be bad. <laughs> but then it's all good. It's like, show have, it to me. No, don't. <laughs> they have a wonderful little celebration. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, inter- again, victories are so few and far between for these poor, poor kids. So it's just so nice to see them just overjoyed with an, uh, again, an unambiguous win. Um, But something else we find out, uh, again, Hanji's doing her homework, doing her due diligence, um, basically has the whole story of the Reese royal family lined out for us. And this is where, again, knowing what we now know about the sort of royal council of nobles, they were waiting for Reese to come back with Aaron and Historia. Now, knowing that what we now know about Reese and his family that we find out in this episode, I'm sitting here going like, um, did they have a figurehead monarch to protect the royal family all this time? Like, has Reese been in on all this stuff? Well, no, he's, we saw him meeting with them. He's known. No, that's the thing, is, like, I've I've been under the impression all this time that, like, they've been strong-arming him and Probably. his entire family. Like, why else have a figurehead? But that was when I was also under the impression that the figurehead king, the false king, had actual power or had actual clout. Not, not that he was just, you know, some senile old person that they put on there just well, for show. He looks good. <laughs> he cuts a majestic figure. I mean, he does have a, and a he pretty doesn't stellar tell goatee. us no. I mean, I would love that job. <laughs> just, just sit there. And wait for people to give you food. Ah. God, I'd be so bored. <laughs> uh, I think you'd enjoy it for like a week, and then, and then you'd get go bored of crazy. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of sounds a little bit like Reese might have been a little bit more complicit 
in all this because the false king might have been a way to protect the royal family instead. I don't Who know. even knows? I don't know. See, I had a completely kind of sort of different theory. Go for it. So, yeah, no, when Hanji basically goes into this whole backstory and talks about this chapel that the Reese family would go to, and she, then she talks about the bandits basically... Uh, wrecking the place wrecking and murdering the, the fam. Yeah, wrecking the place and murdering it. She brings up the good point that it was stone. You know, it would have taken a lot more than what actually happened for this place to go down. And so th- I was like, he's the sole survivor. Did he have something to do with it? Yeah, because I of- have I have a full on theory, but that's I think once we cover everything else we saw, then I want to talk about it. So yeah. What uh, what Hanji does is she lays out the story. He had legitimate children, which is why it was important for Historia to be moved off to the side. Um, one of them was a young lady who we've been seeing in the opening and in the ending. Uh, and she was apparently loved by all. We I don't think they dropped her name. Uh, I would have to watch it I again. don't remember. Um, I don't. But, I don't know. But long story short, this Chat, is... Chat, let us know if they dropped her name. This is Historia's half-sister. Um, and when, while um, the the night uh, the wall was attacked, they were, his entire family, his entire legitimate family was in this chapel and bandits, quote-unquote, burned down the place. And yes, Reese, uh, Lord Reese was the sole survivor and he had to go and seek out Historia after that point, which explains why why he sought her out now after all this time. Chat says her name is Frida. Frida. Thank you. Did they drop that in this episode? Um, okay. I'm assuming so because three different people are saying it, and I okay. think multiple people are saying it, and I think some of them are as unspoiled for the manga as we are. And if it Fingers was manga crossed. spoilers, they wouldn't have told us. <laughs> <laughs> because they're good. Good chat yes. listeners. We appreciate that. Okay, so Frida. Um, so, yeah, there's this young lady, and uh, and Aaron seems to see her in a vision that he has. What I'm wondering, uh, and Katie, feel free to share your theory, but I'm wondering if maybe Lord Reese is a titan and, you know, he accidentally shifted and killed his family. What I'm wondering, because the other big piece of this is Aaron is the coordinate. And we know that, and we know that that is a power that has fallen out of whoever's pulling the strings, fallen out of their control. Like, why does Aaron have it? Oh, my God. We also know that you can get someone else's power. You can get a Titan Shifter's powers by eating them, which is hecked up, but okay. Super dark. And then our nice little interstitial that we have was about that little crystalline palace place Underneath the chapel where it says the royal family's consolidated power mm-hmm. is passed on. And mm-hmm. so for me, what this means, my fun little we have most of the pieces in place theory, is that the coordinate is the royal family's power, which would explain how they controlled titans to stand in all the right places so we can build the walls around them, which would explain why there were never any titans inside the walls until we had those specific attacks, why they've lived in peace for a hundred years. And so, and we know that this society knows how to turn people into titans. We saw that with Amir's backstory, and more recently we saw that with poor Connie's entire village. So we know that that is a thing that they can do. And at the end of this, we see Aaron chained up in this nice little crystal place, like, can't move, can't speak, can't anything. 
So my thought is they planned on... They planned on passing down the coordinate, and maybe it did go to the person that it was supposed to. I'm assuming that it was supposed to go to Frida. And then something happened, something with Aaron's dad, there was an accident, whatever. I do think the initial Titan shift was what caused, was what broke the building and killed everyone except for Lord Reese. And I think that somehow in that fun little flashback where we don't actually know what happened and neither does Aaron, somehow Aaron got turned into a Titan, thanks, Dad, and ate Frida, or ate whoever the coordinate was at the time, which is how he got shifter powers and also got the coordinate power. So it has fallen out of the control of the royal family, and now they want it back, which makes me think that they're about to make Historia a Titan and have her eat Aaron. Oh! <laughs> My no, queen, no! So that's, I, that is my theory about the past and my prediction as to what's going to happen going yeah. forwards, or at least what the intention is. I had that exact same theory, too, when Historia walked up, was that, is she going to be the so-called Titan that's going to eat Eren to become the coordinate? I didn't put together, like you did, Katie, that maybe she could be turned into one. Uh, but I definitely think it has something to do with Eren's father. Perhaps it has something to do with he was working with the race family and he was the one like, you want to know what? I want this for my own selfish gains. I'm going to do something to change my son. And that's how it happened. Yeah, and it happened the night that the wall fell. So that makes me think that that was when they were supposed to pass on the coordinate and something went wrong. Or something went wrong after the wall fell and that was that whole half-remembered flashback with Aaron. I'm not mistaken, this whole crystal chamber, which again... BTW looks like the crystal that Annie is able to produce with her Titan power. And the um, interstitial theorized that it might have been made by Titans or have to do with it. And this structure is right underneath that chapel, I, I believe is what they said, right? I think yeah. so. Yep, which is why Lord Reese would have used so much of his money to rebuild that chapel. As soon as possible. Because it's that important. Secret hidden. Yep. I think power was the biggest key word in that interstitial because it made them go from just the average royal family to some type of being with very dark secret. Mm-hmm. The power keyword is what really... Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, again, that sort of ties into some of our predictions, because it looks like we're seeing Dad next week. I thought hey! he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> dead. Hey, you reprobate. What you been up to? <laughs> Father of the year. Uh, I think, so, yeah. We've got I, some great parents in this show, guys. <laughs> I'm just saying. Between I him. mean, we actually have had some good parents in this show. He ain't one of them. Nope. No. He <laughs> is not one of them. <laughs> not even remotely. Um, I... <laughs> Heaven chat, people die when they are eaten. <laughs> <laughs> like, people die when they are killed, but that, that's I more... I understood that thank, thank you, donate. Yeah, the, I got that. It's the pretty only, dang good. The only other thing I want to say is I think that this still doesn't remove the threat of Kenny. I think Kenny's, uh, you know, because the, the council has been removed, and that was super easy. You know, hit the that was easy button. I think that... That was murder. I think that Kenny's actually working for Lord Reese, and I think that he's still... We're still going to have a showdown between him and Levi in this chamber because that there was promotional material sort of featuring that. So Oh, I think I'm Kenny ready. is off his leash entirely. He and his squad have been fully equipped. We he's a serial killer and if the people yanking his chain are gone, he is a fully equipped serial killer out in the world with a squad. Initially I had that first thought of like maybe they're gonna 
give Aaron to Kenny? And then I was like, they're not crazy enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. All right. No. Well, I think that just about does it for us this week. Katie, where can people go if they want to follow you? You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I basically live on the animation channel Voltron on Mondays at 7 and... Um, Oh my god, Rooster Teeth on Wednesdays at 7. Remember to enter the giveaway from our friends at Verve. Veronica? Yeah, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at it's me, Veronica underscore V. You can also catch me on the Outpost After Show Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Pacific Time, as well as the Castle Rock After Show Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Uh, be sure to follow our friend uh, Alexis Torres at atorres890 on uh, Twitter and Instagram, all that fun stuff. Uh, and I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Thank you guys so, so much for watching. We will see you all next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Good The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.